Hello and welcome to Super Saturday as a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. Now, Supes, welcome back to another episode of this fantastic show. We have made it to March, Women's History Month, and again, Damon and I want to take you back to the 80s. Going straight back into 86, I want you to think back to that simpler time. The New York Mets won the World Series that year. Madonna's True Blue flying off the shelves. Everyone wants it, no one can get it. But, most importantly for us today, issue number one of Wonder Woman. And anyway, enough nonsense. On with the show. I'm feeling pepped up. How are you feeling today, Damon? You know, I'm feeling just swell, especially because Wonder Woman came out in 1986, like you said, Jay. And in all honesty, wow. It came within the same year that Man of Steel came out and Batman Year One came out. But since we're talking about 1986, and I know you touched on it in your little intro, Jay, do you know what was happening in the comic book world when this book came out? I got a couple things here for you, Damon. I did my homework since we were already around this time. First one that I have here, uh, I think I touched upon it last time, so I'm just going to say it really quick. Uh, but want to reestablish, Watchmen came out this year as well. Big deal. Big deal. Watchmen. Uh, that was with Alan Moore. Uh, Dave Gibbons had done the illustration. Uh, and obviously it was done by, uh, published by DC Comics. Uh, same year. Four-issue limited series we know as Batman The Dark Knight Returns comes out, uh, written and drawn by Frank Miller, uh, and also released by DC Comics. Big DC-centric episode we're going to have today, at least from my part, especially with Wonder Woman. But I do have a little bit of Marvel, too. One last little fact, one that I feel as though I have to say uh, whenever this uh, particular character comes up. Uh, but Marvel Super Special issue 41 is the last issue of Marvel Super Special, and it is all about Howard the Duck. You know, I just knew you were going to find a way to bring Howard the Duck back into this. I have to. If I can figure out a way to every episode from this point, I promise you I will. Yeah, that duck is going to be the end of me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Damon? You know, in all honesty... I am, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not do my homework for this episode. Boo. I was leaving it all to Jay. But fucking boo. <laughs> hey. Hey. But you know what? I do have another question for you. Hmm. Jay, what was your first introduction to Wonder Woman? That is a very difficult question for me, Damon. Uh, I couldn't tell you really my first introduction to Wonder Woman. Uh, she's one of those characters kind of similar to Superman that was always just around. Uh, I think my first time ever watching wonder woman uh like having any sort of like media intake of wonder woman was a brief couple of times when i was a kid the old um oh my goodness what was it the linda carter show yes it was that in the 70s it was 80s? a little bit of the linda carter show um which also made me excited for this particular um 
I'm trying to remember the name of this block. It was a Cartoon Network block when they would just do a whole bunch of like DC-centric shorts and parodies. DC Nation. DC Nation. Yeah. Uh, that was my biggest intake of Wonder Woman as a kid was through DC Nation-centric like shorts and comedies and stuff. And I remember very vividly one of them was like this music video-centric kind of like short yeah. film. Um where I don't think there was any, like, actual... There could have been talking. I can't remember. I just remember that the music in it was just really, really good. And I, I should have was looked it up Was it the one where she had, like, a race car and, like, her costume was That's more, exactly like, 70s-inspired clothes and shit? Yes. Man, that was so fucking aesthetically pleasing. I think there was, like, four shorts. Man, you really just jogged a memory for me. And I think that was also when, like, Batman Brave and the Bold came out. Uh, Man. Honestly, it was a time... Um, I even remember the Batman, the Brave and the Bold episode where Wonder Woman like appeared. It was like a later seasons or whatever. And when she appeared, they were playing the Linda Carter theme, like Wonder Woman. Yeah, that was so cool. Um, But, you know, my first introduction to Wonder Woman was kind of similar to yours. Like she's always been in the public zeitgeist. Like Wonder Woman is more than just a hero or a character. She's like a feminist icon in pop culture. Oh, yeah. And. Yeah, like, I would say my first introduction to Wonder Woman would probably be the my mom. Like, uh, when I was a kid, I'd, like, talk to my mom a lot and ask her, like, what did she watch when she was a kid? And she said, like, her favorite show, like, when she was a kid was watching Wonder Woman, watching Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Uh, and I would say hearing about that, even seeing images from that was one of those things that really introduced me to the character. But if I say the second place that really introduced me to her was probably the Justice League show. Like, the Justice League show did a good job at establishing Wonder Woman, even though I feel like she really did deserve her own animated series. But I would say that really introduced me to who the character is and what she was all about. And even moving forward and watching like comic book documentaries and whatnot, because I would say that I haven't really read a lot of Wonder Woman. I read bits no. and pieces here and there. Um, I also have this book called Justice League, A League of One, which is basically a Wonder Woman story where she has to defeat the entire Justice League. Um, really good story. We'll have to and, review it then on the show sometime. Yeah, I'd love to. And, you know, um, just it's one of those things where I knew about her a little bit. Then as time went on, I got more interest in her and also just garnered a lot more love for the character. Not only am I surprised that you've read very little, um, but even now looking back at it, you, you've never really recommended a ton of Wonder Woman stuff to me in the past. I think you might have recommended mm. that book there with the Justice League ones before. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a little bit of stuff I read. Like I read the Rebirth stuff, New 52 stuff, and then just a little bit of the George Perez stuff that we're doing today. So, yeah. But what were you going to say, Jay? Well, I was also going to say I'm glad that um, this is also a great look into the character for the beginning of Women's History Month, where uh, along with Wonder Woman, we're going to be talking about a lot of other really awesome, fantastic stories throughout the month of March. A few, uh, obviously, honoring for Women's History Month. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. other weird and wacky ones uh, <laughs> that I'm looking forward to. Uh, and we'll get to them as, as we go on through the month. Uh, but before we get to anything close to that, and before we get into the comic today, Damon, you mind telling me and the folks at home how we rank our media here on the show? Well, you know, that is a good question, Jay. I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, I asked it. I'm so glad. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me I, I, how I we do it, Damon. You. 
I will tell you how we do it. Okay, so we rank the media by its story, the impact it's had on the character or the comic book world, and its visuals. All of this will help us figure out if it'll stand the test of time. With that out of the way, let's dive in, Soups. Wonder Woman number one. Unlike Batman Year One and uh, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman didn't really have a distinct name to go along with her new ongoing series. I learned a little bit of the reason why is because legally DC has to have a Wonder Woman ongoing title or else the rights will reverse back to her creator's estate. No kidding. So it always has to be Wonder Woman something else. I mean, her main title has to keep going. She's had other books that are like titled other things. But the main title has to keep going. Even if it's selling shittily, they have to keep doing it. That is insane, dude. How, how did that come to be? Did you get much information on that? or? I didn't get much information on that. But, you know, I know that, like, of all the comic book creators, Wonder Woman's creators are so is, like, just interesting. Because she was created by William Moulton Morrison, who was a psychiatrist who also created the lie detector but he also was like into bondage and all this other type of stuff um and he was a strong believer in women's um equal equal rights and everything he was a very interesting character i would say like as a person but uh yeah that's that's what i found on that i honestly would look like to look more into it so the book that we're covering this is number one of the 1986 relaunch uh, the com- this is a comic book series that's reintroducing Wonder Woman to a post-crisis universe. It is written and drawn by George Perez and co-written by Greg Potter. The series' first arc was titled Gods and Mortals. This new Wonder Woman series would be an ongoing all the way until 2006. I have to say, um, the cover is just beautiful. Um, yeah, a really great cover that uh, gets me really intrigued about what the story is. It gets me uh, in love with the art straight away. I think than other uh, comics that I've personally read in the past have done. Although the penciling in this comic is done by George Perez, I, I can't. Yes. I want to make sure um, that I, I just had a quick moment to highlight him, um, just because he has done a lot of great work that. Uh, is, is kind of common name place. Or, or, yeah, he's one of the greats of comic books. Yeah, man. He's done new Teen Titans yep. along with Marv Wolfman. He's worked on... Crisis. Crisis. He's, his work is so good. He's even worked for Marvel as well, too. Uh, he worked on The Vision and Scarlet Witch and a lot of other stuff. Like, his stuff, it's so grand, but small scale and so much detail within one page it's so great to be honest with you damon unless it's something that uh we have read already for the show i think this might be my first time reading anything with his art but i've seen his his art everywhere press didn't want to do this book at first why uh well at the time he's fresh off the new teen titans and he's also was in charge of inking the last silver age story of superman which was written by alan moore um and, you know, he heard rumors about the book, and then he heard about the chosen author that was going to work on the book, the chosen author and, like, you know, penciler, a little artist. Mm-hmm. And basically, after he heard that, he felt as though the artist would do a disservice to Wonder Woman and make her more sexualized 
and all this other type of stuff. So he then was like, you know what? I'll take the job. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And this run of his, um, along with um, even Len Lean was also a part of this as well, too. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Soups. But this was like his baby almost. Like he had a lot of respect and love for Wonder Woman as a character. And he was one of the, re- the people who really wanted to set foot more into the Greek history of the character. Because the character was already always initially brought, origin was back to the Greek uh, characters and whatnot. But this one really cemented it in more with some um, mythology and stuff. Okay, so our story begins. It's about like 330,000 B.C. And I just love the art. Like, it's dark. And it's very just so detailed. So we then, we're in a cave. There's this caveman. He's coming home. And there is a narration that's going along. Now, I put in my notes, Jay, that I think the narration, it seems like it might have been, like, something that was coming from Ares. I don't know if that was, like, their intention. But it kind of just felt like it was Ares just talking and describing the situation that's happening at the moment. And the narration that may or may not be Ares is basically talking and saying that it's telling the audience that he lost his hand to a saber-toothed tiger and that he's scared, he's nervous, and he feels as though the woman is going to taunt him, the woman being his cave wife. He then lashes out and beats her to death. Then the soul emerges from the woman's body, and then it flies off. This was like our introduction. This stuff here I thought was really exhilarating. Um, just uh, the the panel work of showing like the loneliness and vulnerability on the caveman really gave me a, an idea exactly what kind of tone we're going in with this story, especially next to, uh, again, Man of Steel, which did have some mm. serious points. I mean, there was like a whole like tragic event up until like Superman rescuing at the end of that and everyone seeing that it's a uh, Clark, you know? Um, but it still felt, uh, very bound to like a particular tone that is so familiar to Superman comics, um, mm-hmm. and, and Superman product. Uh, the thing that's really cool for Wonder Woman, especially for me, because I've not read really any Wonder Woman comics, um, is that this really sets a much darker and much stronger tone, a much more adult tone. Um, yeah. And it, it also gives uh, an, an on-look straight away of the uh, perspective that we're, that is being set forth into the comic um, on the ideal of uh, gender separation. Um, yeah. This book says a lot about gender, like in a lot of different ways. Like, I, and it doesn't seem ham fisticks. I know sometimes things that are trying to discuss um, gender discrepancies or even racial differences, it can come off as ham fisted, but this didn't come off ham fisted. It actually set the stage very, very well. Um, and I'm glad you touched on that. Oh, well, I have to, you know. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, for those who don't know at home, uh, Back when I was in college, I had uh, worked in a lot of different gender studies classes. Now, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, an expert in it, um, but I also had worked at our uh, school's Gender and Sexuality Center. Um, and now, obviously, with this piece, with Wonder Woman, uh, it's very easy to look at it through um, more of the woman's uh, perspective, uh, which is, is much more interesting when you think of the fact that a woman didn't write this at all. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So it, it adds another layer to that as well, which just a lot to say, and surprisingly enough, from, from who is the people saying it at the time. Within like a page, I want to say, a page or two, it was just really quick. Like, it was a lot that was said within those pages. We then see the gods. We, we go all the way to Olympus in 1200 BC. Amazing fucking splash of a page you just see olympus it's great you see hermes flying it honestly it, it feels like motion is happening but it's not really happening just awe-inspiring images really and really great use of scope um yeah like i was saying we then see olympus olympus then we go inside and the gods are having a discussion on what to do with man uh aries like you said he's very like he has his whole own page he's huge he's dressed like a, a gladiator from sparta but it's like a purple and blue color and he doesn't have eyes they're like red eyes and it's just great so they're discussing what to do with man's world and aries is basically just over it he wants to destroy man's world uh whereas artemis and a couple of the other gods wants to create a new race that will then lead man into the ways that they should be acting so basically we learn within this little discussion back and forth is that the gods only survive because humans worship them. Humans believe in them, basically. And if the humans forget that they're around, the gods will die. So basically Artemis wants to create the Amazons to guide man world and show them towards their greatness and also to let them know that the gods are still there. Since the two are both arguing, Zeus then gets angry over the arguing, and instead of choosing a side, he just leaves. He says that he feels as though man will never forget the gods, which is kind of stupid. Just heads out, very head-ass, um, and, and doesn't add very much really to, to any of the story. He's gone. He is gone. Actually, you know what? This is going to, towards the end, I'm going to ask you a question, Jay, because we talked about Wonder Woman a little bit previously. But I'm going to hold it till the end. So after he leaves, Ares is then just there laughing at Artemis's idea. Uh, as they leave, as Ares leaves, Artemis, uh, Hermes, Athena, and Apollo are the ones who were discussing and were on board to create this new race. They then decide to move forward without Zeus's blessing, and they go all the way down to the underworld, where they meet Demeter and, uh, and Apollo and uh, Aphrodite. Yeah, yep, Aphrodite. Aphrodite. And then they board a ferry to the Cavern of Souls. So this is something that I always felt was like the best idea ever. And honestly, reading this book, something I wanted to touch on is that it made me wish the movie did a better job at handling the mythology aspect of Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's uh, little bits um, towards the end of this comic where I see that they had like some inspiration uh, mm -hmm. for what they had in the films. Um, but the, like nothing, nothing really... Uh, matches what is being done here in the story what we've seen in modern time i think i'd say like a couple things a couple things were like you know taken over but like for the most part you're absolutely right like i honestly wish that we would have gotten to see the cavern of souls so we learned that the cavern of souls is basically it's this part of the underworld that's like far far off and the cavern of souls have all the souls of women who were murdered beaten and just died at the hands of man's world in the most terrible of ways and just I, I don't even understand like where this idea would come from because this is just something that's out of left field but it just works for the story 
So they then decide to use the souls to breathe life into their new um, beings, into their new race of people. Uh, and then once Artemis breathes life into all of those souls, Aphrodite notes that there's one soul left behind that's in the ether. And that is Gal Gadot. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Wonder Woman. I love how Artemis looks like looks at Aphrodite and is like, oh, no, 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 no. Her destiny hasn't come yet. We got to wait. Man, I love that so much. So the Amazons are then born, and we then see Hippolyta and Antiope, who are both in the movie. They're sisters. And, like, at this moment in my notes, I put that, like, it just feels like a fable. Like, it feels like an epic. Like, I just love how this book book is just going just the way how how it looked artistically like this idea of 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 birth onto the world of this it was new like race. a baptism almost it was too. it was because they came out the water and shit yes um just so well done in this idea that you really can picture it if you really take the time cinematically um and and uh, honestly i feel as though if james gunn does need any sort of like inspiration I'm hoping that he's looking at these comics primarily, especially this one, um, from yeah. where to take Wonder Woman forward and whoever does take the that mantle. Um, because uh, I think this is really powerful and we still have so much more comic. Like, I could honestly see the issue ending right there. Um, but it doesn't. Like, it, the story... It just keeps it, it going. Keep, it just keeps going. And we even see Wonder Woman. Uh, this feels like a book that they could have gotten away without putting Wonder Woman in the book. And I still would have been like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Once the Amazons are born, the gods then grant them all these different gifts. They grant them wisdom to understand truth and justice, uh, the ability to hunt fruitful lands. They even build them their own little city. And they also give us something that's really important, gives them something really important, the ability to love. Now, that's one of the hallmarks of Wonder Woman is that and is that she believes in love. She stands for loving people. And I love that. But it was done in such a subtle way, the way that it was written. And it gave you more of a reason as to why they chose to give, uh, give them the ability to love. But I just wrote just the basic word down. Uh, during that day when they're born, Hippolyta is crowned the queen. They're also, they also give jobs to a couple of different Amazons. There's an Oracle, there's a second-in-command, and I think there's one more person, I want to say. Um, and the Amazons are both gifted... Uh, no. Antiope and Hippolyta are gifted Gaia's girdles. Yes. And the gods tell them to never, ever, ever take it off. And I like how at the bottom of like the page, you see no words, just you see... Ares witnessing the birth of the Amazons in his little throne room watching. It looks like he's pondering some shit. And, you know, going back to the whole argument they were having, it seemed like he didn't expect them to actually go ahead and make the Amazons, but he's a little worried about his plans. There's points like this. Um, now, granted, they're both, like, uh, pieces of Greek mythology-based media. Um, but this, in particular, scene made me think of... Um, Hades from Hercules, the the Disney cartoon. Bye. <laughs> Does, like a little bit, right? Like you can't tell okay, me. Okay, yeah, a little bit. You can't tell me that uh, Hercules, like the animated uh, movie, 
didn't have any sort of inspiration from Aries or from any of this work at all. You know what? I could see it. And you, you want to know something? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think James Wood wouldn't have been a bad Aries if you would if you would have went more in the route of him being like funny but also scary because like James Wood had like a good little like mixture of funny and scary when he played Aries. So I could I mean play at Hades. So I can kind of see that if they were to do that. I I mean even just based off like the the paneling here. Um, True. And no, and, I do see that too. And, there and the idea of like this dominance. Maybe maybe the two are just like really insequential and very just coincidental because I, I'm sure um, with them both looking at uh, different mythology, like looking at mythology, Greek mythology, looking at all this different work, they're they're going to be finding a lot of different inspirations. But it was just something that I noticed that I thought was really really fun and made me wonder. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of Hercules, though. The next page, we then oh, see yeah, fucking right. Hercules. Post-dick appointment. <laughs> yes. Yes. He laid down some pipe, everybody. Uh, so he's, like, putting on his, like, midi- like his uh, battle skirt back on after fucking this sex worker. Um, and, you know, she's in bed trying to get him to get back in bed. And then she mentions Hippolyta, the Amazonian queen. She basically taunts him by saying that the Amazonian queen uh, believes that he's, like, subservient submissive and that he looks better with a collar on his neck yes. and that he like takes he's not like basically just calling him a bitch if i'm being quite honest um and hercules get angry gets angry about this and you know one more thing that i forgot to mention though mm. the reason why hercules was quick to believe this is because there's like this whole little area right before this cop pops this uh happens where we see like a little bit of exposition talking about how the Amazons were successful in starting their journey. However, over time, man became jealous of the fact that they had all these gifts and all this other type of stuff. So they then started spreading lies about them. They ruined their reputation. So no one fucked with them. Everybody hated the Amazons, which is actually kind of sad. And honestly, it, it really just shows you how fucked up man's world is. It's really well done uh the nature of Mm -hmm. of the parallels that that's trying to say about uh how society is uh with men uh and and women uh both on a societal level or even just in like a workplace level the way how like male dominated fields uh end up with men getting paid more having more of this like jealousy towards women who do get the opportunities um of of power that they feel as though they were the ones entitled to receive um which I'm sure was something that was also a great discussion uh, even at this point in the late 80s for uh, uh, women comic book writers and authors and uh, pencilists, uh, which also is, is another discussion as to uh, why they didn't feel as though it would have been uh, crucial for a, a woman to be one, to be an author uh, of this story. Uh, it makes me wonder how that story would look now uh, and how the perspective would have possibly changed or how these different messages, if any of these, would be same um, and how they're depicted. Uh, Points was made. But I, I guess with it being 86, we know why that's not the case. It, it, comic books, again, very male-dominated field around this time, especially with people around D.C. The, you know, there was a lot of these huge... Uh, figures around this time getting bigger like alan moore especially when you when you look at what he's having at the time um i would say there was a couple of uh 
There's a couple, but you're right. It still was very male dominated. Yeah. Like for example, uh, Louise Simonson worked on um, Superman, um, and I can't think of a couple of other writers that aren't didn't come later. Like Gail Simone, I think came in the '90s. But yeah, you're absolutely right with that. It it just makes me wonder what could have been, uh, especially mm-hmm. as we see what has become uh, stories for Wonder Woman now and since this point. Um, Still, a really great job of, of depicting these things, though. Um, and, and, and if anything, could have also made a really good echo as to um, the kind of issues that women probably were having around this field at the time. Just a thought that came True. to my mind in those in those panels that you that you had mentioned here. Uh, but anyway, yeah, True. Hercules is being a dick post-dick appointment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. can't accept a little too insecure with his sexuality doesn't like the BDSM play with the collar as Brian brought up here doesn't give him the right to be an asshole though because he is like a total dick from this point on uh, after believing all these rumors uh, and throwing uh, I can't remember her name the the but throwing her to the she, ground she doesn't have a name I don't Does think she not even have a name I, I thought no I thought, because yeah. it turns out to be Aries oh that's right that's right plot twist man fuck aries honestly also first of all aries had sex with hercules and was like oh what yeah what the fuck i mean good for good for you i guess but but no but i gotta say the panel where it's like after hercules leaves and then you see like the girl have like this demonic smile and the next panel is like she's burning and then she's appearing in the underworld and it revealed Dude, that it was Ares and I'm so just sitting there creepy. thinking like damn yeah so graphic the details on that yeah and yet man and honestly I just took a minute after looking at that panel I was like oh okay because it just was very detailed and then also I think the gears started turning in my head when I was sitting there thinking Ares is just dedicated to his damn plan like he is just fucking dedicated. He was born to be bad, you know. He's that kind of guy who would have that on like a like a leather jacket, you know. Have it on his hog. Oh, I, I see him being a biker. In the real like world, like in the Percy Jackson books. Yeah, you know what, Percy yeah. Jackson style, totally. Like yeah. just full on like biker chain. Yeah, I could see it. So Ares, he get, gets back to his dominion, and it turns out we learn what his plan is. Goes we learn what his uh, plan is. Evil mountain straight out of Fahim, man. Yes. <laughs> uh, he sits down on his throne, and he's lamenting or whatever, and we find out that his plan is that he wants man's world to forget the gods. Because once they're all gone, he's going to be the only one left because his power doesn't devolve from them worshiping him it's from them giving into war and hatred and just all that terrible shit uh, while they're gone he's the only one that's going to be in charge the, the perfect antithesis of of love and hate that uh, a perfect dynamic of good and evil uh, a very classic story that we've seen a million times before uh and with a villain admittedly uh, uh maybe not so much in the 80s but afterwards especially uh, with mm-hmm. a with a type of villain with tropey dialogue and 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 plan and and motivation, uh, not to not to boil Ares down, uh, to just like his simplest form because I think he's a really interesting character from what little I've gotten to know from him here, um, and even this I, I would say has has already been a million times better to look at past the the Wonder Woman film, 
Um, oh, definitely. Oh, God. The way he looked in the film was complete ass, and I'm sorry, but it, 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 he looked like ass in that movie, especially that? with, like, the handlebar mustache. Yeah, I was just about to say the mustache right in the middle, too, that's poking oh, out gosh. under the mask. So distracting amongst this whole, like, CG fire effect going on. I was just taken aback that, like, okay, you mean to tell me that he could pose as anybody, which he did in the movie. He posed it as anybody. But the one thing that was actually him was the nasty-ass handlebar mustache. <laughs> Honestly, amongst everything that could have been done in that story, it was, it was, it was all done just for this uh, strange plot twist that was really unnecessary. We're not going to get into it. Yeah. Um, I, I, but, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the movie. Uh, I like the movie. Uh, it was a decent introduction movie. We'll definitely but, have you know to what? talk about it sometime on the show. I really do think True. that. Um, but yeah, go True. on. Uh, so he has his little evil monologue at his evil Mount Doom. Um, yeah. In his evil Mount Doom, like Jake was saying. And he's just sitting there and talking his shit. That's what we learned his plan. Okay, right. we then go back to Hercules. Hercules yes. got so pissed at what was said. Total two problem. That he gathered his men. Like, it, it's a shit ton of men. He, ga- he gathered his dudes. He then is then going all the way to the Amazon's city because he wants to talk to the queen and basically beat her up. Um, and he also refers to her as a whore and a harlot or whatever. Um, really fucked up shit. He gets there. And um, then the Amazons at first are telling him, no, you, you're not going to get in here and see the queen. Instead, Hippolyta then heard this, and then she was like, no, I'll go see him. I'll, I'll, I'll humor him. She then goes out there, and they have, like, a little discussion almost, like, that, le- that leads into a fight almost instantly. Um, and he basically says, no woman has ever bested me. And she then says, is the, uh, in the wisdom of art, um, in wisdom and art of battle, I'm your superior. And she basically, like, beats his ass. Oh, so, get fucked man uh and it was even more interesting because like hercules the entire time he was kind of surprised that she was able to lift up a tree and do all this extra shit and even like go toe-to-toe with him and she beats him she doesn't try to kill him um instead when she points her sword towards him hercules laughs and says that they're um that the amazons make worthy allies to him and his men so they then have a party it's a great party big party everyone's intermingling and talking and just you know having a good time right Uh, if i could really quick damon there's a particular Mm -hmm. line here too uh that i really uh, i wanted to quote because i loved it so much uh and it was uh laughter the universal language healer of discord mother of humanity i thought it was really beautiful um and uh, this book is just well written it is like it really it's, is. it's just really well written another cool thing i want to mention is that this is the book that actually gave wonder woman's play home the name themiscira prior to that it was only called paradise island yeah and i noticed that i think once or twice it's still labeled as that as well um which mm-hmm. it kind of confused me just a little bit because I feel as though I had heard the two being mentioned uh, in passing once or twice as describing the, the particular island versus the 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 Muscaria, the land versus Paradise Island, the island. Um, so at, at points or two, it did kind of confuse me there. I guess that's why I remember yeah. afterward it being called the Muscaria. I don't know why. Anyway. I mean, it's used interchangeably, though. So, uh, yeah, it was just a cool little thing that I wanted to mention for you. But, you know, at, like... 
we were talking. Party ensues. They're laughing. They're hamming it up, drinking wine, having a grand old time. And then we see Hippolyta in Hercules' tent. And, you know, Hippolyta is actually very happy, and she's basically expressing how this is the type of community and conversation that should be happening between uh, the Amazons and the humans. Now, throughout the book, they've always explained it as man's world. When they say man's world, they don't just mean men. They mean, like, just the humans in general. But at the same time, though, they, they basically do mean men. Um, and, you know, she's just talking about this, and she seems very happy because it seems like for once the Amazons are able to successfully do the job that they were put on this earth to do, bridge those uh, gaps and everything. Uh, Hercules then tells Hippolyta to like, you know, oh, that, that's good, that's good, drink. Gets her to drink her wine. Upon drinking <laughs> uh, <laughs> her wine. That's awesome, that's really awesome. Drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just drink I, the I put, wine. You're being very strong there, Hercules. I kind of don't feel like I want to drink this wine anymore. No, 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 no. It's fine. Just drink. She could drinks you, it and then collapses on the floor. Oh, oh, God. This actually did you catch me by surprise. Um, I'm not really? Lie. Yeah. No, I didn't expect this to happen. Really? Yeah. I, I put in my notes. Um, I put in my notes. Uh, drinks it. Wait, she drinks it, and then it was all a lie. It was a lie. Y'all, it was a lie. It was a full-on heel turn on Hercules that I was not ready yeah. for. Had me screaming in the back. Man. And it was just so good. And, you know, it's actually funny because I, I mentioned this possibly this happening a while ago when we talked about Wonder Woman. I'm surprised you forgot about it. But, you know, so she passes out, and when she wakes up, we then have this little exposition, this, like, panel where we see all of the mascaras and fi- on fire the mascara is on fire his men raped the amazons pillaged the lands put them in shackles uh and you know she's awoken and it's interesting another thing that i put right there is uh the narration was just did such a good job with like describing what's happening it was the art and the words. It just evoked a deep emotion. And then it was the way that they said that Hippolyta can hear in the distance Ares' laughter as this is happening, which is interesting. Um, she wakes up. She's inside of a jail. And Hercules basically says that no woman is his equal and no woman withholds him, herself from him. So, like, it's explicit that, yes, he raped her. He then takes her girdle from her. And he leaves. Uh, and this was the part where I was like, fuck you, gods. Yeah, dude, what the Because fuck? Hippolyta, she then breaks down crying, and she's basically calling to the gods, and Athena answers. And she says, um, you know, basically Hippolyta apologizes and said, you know, you know, we, fu- we, we, we messed up. We didn't do what we were supposed to do, da, da, da. And Athena then says that you shouldn't apologize. It was your fault that the Amazons strayed away from their path. You guys basically exiled yourself from man's world because of all the lies and everything. The Amazons weren't really interacting with humans. But I don't blame them because why would they want to interact with the humans if the humans have done them so dirty? Uh, And, you know, Hippolyta then talks about wanting vengeance from Athena. Now, this was the part that I was kind of confused about because Athena then worded it and said, vengeance is not the answer. However, show them your way. 
show them what you were put here to do. And I'm a little confused by that because what was Athena talking about? Because the next panel showed Hippolyta and the Amazons getting their vengeance. Oh, straight away. Uh, yeah, because she freed uh, Athena freed Hippolyta. Once Hippolyta was let, was free, she then got out of her jail. She then started fighting her assailants, and then she rallied the Amazons, and we saw this montage. It was like a war going against all of Hercules' men. And the way it was described, at first it was them fighting from self-defense, and then it also was described as, as them loving the fact that they were able to reap their vengeance, loving the way that they were, to, they were allowed to kill and do this and do that. It was almost described in a way that, like, um, like biblically how humans got a taste of something they weren't supposed to and now it will be their detriment basically and I love that and you know back to my question for you though Jay I don't understand what the fuck Athena was trying to like say Did, was she basically saying no get your vengeance but leave it as that don't go don't go overboard or is it more like you know defend yourself reclaim your place but you don't have to I, I'm a little confused by that uh, I think I think there's some measure to the two. Um, uh, there's like a discussion later on uh, between them, uh, but, but still wanting to to find Hercules. Um, yeah, go 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 for it. It was uh, Antiope after yes. they rallied together. Um, Hippolyta and Antiope, both sisters, both the people who are in command. Uh, like you were saying, uh, go ahead, Jay. What were you saying? Yeah, the, the, there's uh, this discussion of, of whether they have done enough or if, if it, it is done when it is Hercules that's, gone, that's dead. And I think that that kind of leads uh, a really great, uh, I guess, a, a question upon your question, right? Because it, it's clear to them it's, it's still kind of that divide. Um, and to me, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, I would like to believe that it was supposed to be in the sakes of, of reclaiming their land because uh, the, still the belief of the mission to bring good and to bring love and compassion. Um, and I think that's all just due to what they really have at stake uh, versus uh, their antagonist, which in this story being Ares. Um, because it, it's one thing to, to fight back and to to defend and to reclaim your home and to rebuild what you had. Uh, it's another thing to also uh, find uh, like this lust worthy need of, of vengeance, which doesn't stand mm -hmm. at all in what the Amazons are. So to me, I, I would like to imagine that it, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean to kill Hercules. Um, but I don't know. Cause when you also think of who Hercules is, uh, uh, on its own mytholo mythological level, um, uh, he is, he is uh, one of the strongest gods. Um, and uh, when you think over of the atrocities that are done here, um, all being mm -hmm. done on the set of, of Ares and Hercules, um, it, it then lights the question, is it Hercules that is the problem? Uh, for going forward with his men and coming up with this path of destruction even after be ha being handed the ability of, of mercy and compassion? Or is it... True, because the book even asks that question when they say that, like, oh, he was cursed with madness by Hera. Right. So so the question stands then, is it is it is it him to blame or is it, like, Ares to blame here? 
or uh, to setting up all of the pieces to to the destruction of what has led to now. Um, hmm. That's that's where I think the greater question is. If anything, the bigger uh, antagonist here, uh, and like I said previously, it's not Hercules necessarily, but but more of Ares. Uh, and what he is willing to do and manipulate and cause in order to get towards his greater mission. Okay, so basically, like Jay was bringing up, yeah, there's two different Amazons, uh, Antiope and Hippolyta. They're not in agreement. Hippolyta is wanting to lead her sisters, her brethren, her like her subjects, her people away because the gods told her that at the end of the at the bottom of the shore they're going to make a way for them to leave. And Antiope is like, wait a second, fuck the gods. Where the fuck were the gods when all this shit was happening? You know what? I think we should go back up there and slit Hercules' neck. And um, it's very interesting. And, you know, instead of them getting into an argument over it, they just have a disagreement. And Antiope, before she leaves, she then gives Hippolyta her girdle, and she says, I'm turning my back on the gods. And she takes her followers, the same ones that actually had more interest in the killing and everything, and they split. And I love that because it foreshadows that maybe something's going to happen later on in the story. But, you know, the Amazons, then they go down to the shore. And Artemis and the other gods who created the Amazons, they spoke to Poseidon. And Poseidon then opens up a water tunnel in the middle of the ocean to have them walk for days it was a long journey it's a good thing that poseidon also fucking hates hercules um yeah because <laughs> uh he killed was it he killed his son correct yes he did yep. yeah it was the cyclops i want to say in like greek mythology uh i think so oh i can't recall when you say that it makes me think of the odyssey Hey, it's in the same type of realm. Yep, yep. Speaking of the Odyssey, one of uh, well, one of Wonder Woman's biggest villains is Cersei, who is from the Odyssey. She actually comes in later on in this like run. No kidding. You, you know. Actually, I think in the same like story arc towards the end. Oh wow. Yeah, but uh, basically they go to the shore. Oh my bad, I'm jumping ahead in my notes. So they go there. They they're traveling for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. And they basically go in, go ahead and sit, the gods say the Amazons have failed them. And, and as penance, they have to wear their shackles as a means of seeking forgiveness, which once again, I was like, what the fuck? I'm confused on how they were done wrong. But at the same time, though, what I put in my notes is that it kind of fit, though. Like, it, it sounds like a Greek myth. This is the type of stuff that you would hear in something that was biblical or something that was in, you know, of myth, where, you know, from a modern lens, we won't really understand what they meant by that. But, like, back then, that's something they would say or some crap like that, you know? Uh, I did think that mm-hmm. the chains were very interesting because uh, I did have that same question, too, of what is it that they have done so wrong. And I think it's it's the fact of uh, just uh, what it meant to uh, reclaim their freedom. Uh, mm. showing that what they had to do uh, defies what it is that they were brought on this earth to do. I did not think of it that way. Wow. Okay, I could, yeah, I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. 
that was something that that it came to mind. I wish I had I had wrote written it down more in my notes. I, I I didn't think very much on on it past that. I guess. Um, it was it was at this moment that uh you know this is a question I, I think we touched on a little bit before <laughs> even recording. It was at this moment where I was like, is this written better or better than Batman Year One issue one and Man of Steel issue one? Um. I don't recall very much year one. I do remember reading it a while back because uh, I, I, I liked the uh, I liked the animated film. So I, I don't know if I can say very much on that. Man of Steel, after reading it here, um, I would say so. Not to the fact that Man of Steel wasn't well written, um, but there's just so much that they're trying to uh, put into one story really quickly. Um and at certain points, uh, maybe that's also due to just me, the reader. Um, not that I didn't lose interest, but I found more ways to find humor in certain panels that were being shown. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that the things weren't handled uh, tastefully, um, but there was something that felt stronger and in, in the storytelling being done here. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just it felt very cinematic too. It did like this. This was a fantastic way to to create the origin of uh, the Amazons and the Mascara, um, and uh, this last little bit here that we'll get to, um, which is of course Wonder Woman herself. Um, yeah. And I just love the. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. No, Go you're ahead. good. I, I just as as opposed to how it was with Superman, where they they were. We were showed very little of, of the world even then of Krypton, um, and uh, even though that mystery, especially at the time, was important for his character um, because he himself does not know, uh, everything just kind of gets handled and resolved really quickly in their own mini bits, and then uh, at the ending, when everyone sees that Clark Kent is Superman, it's open because they have the next issue. Um, everything gets really handled on how he accepts that he's different and uh, how we move forward in time. Granted, you know, uh, people have a, a better understanding of Superman at this point, but people also have an understanding of Woman, Wonder Woman at this point, too. Uh, I think it also just comes down to uh, their ability to look uh, at all these different stories as inspiration into creating their universe. Uh, so it's a lot more recognizable. Um, so, yeah, I think personally, I would say that Man of Steel, to make a long-winded explanation short, um, even though it is still a well-written story, I feel as though this one really does take the cake more. Um, yeah. Personally. I would say this one was a lot more emotionally grabbing. Like, it felt like I was on a whole roller coaster ride, and it felt like I was reading and witnessing something that was just had a grand scale. And I don't know if the art, I think the art actually did have a lot to do with that, but also the dialogue and the way that it was able to just give us all this information without having us feel like we're given a lot of information. Um, and it felt like I was watching a movie the way that it was just like put together. Um, it just, it just had more, just, I don't know, just, it just, it was just, it just felt grand. Um, especially when we then get to like the part after their exodus from their, the mascara to now paradise Island. Uh, so they're in their little tunnel and they're going forward and they get to where they're going. Paradise Island is built 
uh, and their island is basically a prison for them. They're going to be tasked with charging, no, with um, look, with, with being in charge of an unes- unspeakable evil at the bottom of the island. We don't know what it is. They don't reveal what it is at the in, in the end of the story. So years go by, and the gods become silent through those years. The only people who do who can hear the gods is the oracle. That is their direct link to the gods. The gods don't make themselves known. They don't talk to them. Nothing. So one day Hippolyta is then wondering why is there a yearning that she feels. She feels a deep sadness, not over what happened previously, but just it feels like she's like she wants something, but she can't put her like put her mind around it or whatever. She speaks to the oracle. And the oracle basically tells her that this yearning is for a daughter that you could have potentially had in your previous life. Connection. Hippolyta's soul is the soul of the cave woman that died at the beginning of the story. That cave woman was pregnant. Whoa. Boom, baby. Mic drop. Mic drop. Twist after twist after twist. You thought it was over in the story. No. One it's final like a whole one. bow. It is. It really is. Yeah. So, you know, she then tell me, um, the Oracle's name is Maniope. Maniope tells her to go to the shore at sunrise and mold her child from clay. Uh, this is where I have my little note that I wanted to ask you, Jay. After seeing this book, after reading this book, after seeing the whole molded from clay origin of Wonder Woman, I know a while ago we talked about if you were team her being the daughter of Zeus or her being made out of clay. After reading this, which one do you prefer? <laughs> this. Zeus Zeus doesn't even fucking show up again. Zeus. <laughs> hey. <laughs> See, um, like I, I think about that uh, at that beginning a lot, which makes it really funny to me. Um, because, yeah, no, I, I really like that idea of um, before this, when we talked about this forever and a half ago now, I guess not too long back, but it feels like forever now. It's a couple weeks ago, yeah. A little, little, little bit back. Um, no, this this really did change my mind with it, especially just due to the fact of how Zeus is not part of this at all. Um, and uh, I, I kind of appreciated that more because they they did have to focus on other gods, even though they weren't even the focus of the story either. Um, just just making sure that they put a lot of different work elsewhere into where uh, Diana comes from uh, in a way that I would say is just much more meaningful than it just being from the like the birthplace of a god, yeah. which is a, a much more generic story by comparison. Um, no, this this I say was was much better done uh, for for creating Diana uh, as well as. Uh, what she as a character stands for um and as a super as a superhero what she stands for it also does a good job of like still telling you no she is hippolyta's daughter like she's not just molded from clay just some like being that she created no like spiritually that is her daughter which i love that connection i just love it so much like it just i didn't even remember that was even that was how they described it I love that connection because it's very mythological, but it's also very, it's just very good. Um, 
Sorry, drop my notes. But she molds the clay. And I love how, like, it's drawn. She's drawn, covered in sweat and tears because she's molding the clay out of desperation. And she then lifts the clay body up to the gods. And that's when it's revealed the last soul that was there in the well was actually Diana. They then give the soul of the, um, of the dead child to Diana. And then the gods bestow upon her gifts. All the usual gifts. One of the gifts is to speak to animals. Um, and another one of the gifts is flight, which Jay, I don't know if you knew this, this was the new thing. Wonder Woman could fly now. Previously, she couldn't fly. Whoa, it's the new ability. We're no longer in Mario one. We're in Mario three. We got new, new abilities, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have this like cool splash page. And I love that we all, they talk about how she's like the first infant and only child on Themyscira. And she's raised by a lot of different people, similar to the movie. Um, And it's like it, like I said, like we both said, exposition is just done like so well. It doesn't feel like a whole dump. It's just done right then and there on that one page. We learn that she grows. She learns from everyone on the island. She has multiple mothers. She just she learns the ways of the Amazons, all that type of stuff. And we then wonder, because the gods become more silent, are the gods dying? That's what we're wondering at that point. Um, what happens next is that the oracle is then um, she hears the cries of all the gods. And she then hears from the gods that they need to set forth a champion. Now, this is where we get into, like, the basic origin story of Wonder Woman. At this point, I would say it's gone a little bit faster than previously. But let's yeah, get into they, it. They, they had realized they were running out of pages. So they're like, yeah. ah, shit, we really got to hurry this up if we really want to show her this, this comic. Yeah. Uh, honestly, at this point, it's kind of like a copy and paste of her original origin. But I'm not against it. But, uh, you know, so terrible evil is coming and everything so the amazons are tasked with setting forth a champion the champion needs to be the best of them the best of the best diana who is now i'm assuming an adult uh she overhears her mother and the other people of uh, themiscira the royal royal people the queen's court or whatever and they're talking about setting forth a champion diana then asks can i compete in the competition hippolyta says hell to the no and forbids her from doing it. First, Shuri can't fight last week yeah. to be Black Panther, and now Diana can't fight this week to be the champion. What the fuck? Why can't these daughters just go and fight? Like, what's wrong with that? You know why, Jay? Why? Because they're princesses. Yeah, whatever, man. They're also getting trained. They're also getting uh, trained. Like, uh, yeah. No, that's my that's where I'm that's my one hill. That's my one hill. But, They're being but you trained. Know what? <laughs> Since we're talking about Disney princess well, actually this is I was gonna make a joke about Disney princesses because we have like after she's forbidden, Diana has like this like moment where like if this was a Disney movie, this would have been her I want song. Because we have these like couple of panels where she's like lamenting. And I actually loved seeing it. She's basically lamenting and she's basically talking about how she wants to have purpose in life. And how she wants to do more than just be on this island for the rest of her life. She wants an uh, adventure in the Great White somewhere, Damon. Yes, she's having her bell moment. She needs it more 
than she can bear. Side note, I was just at like, um, I was at a convenience store before this, uh, and that was playing up on the loudspeakers. No, it was not. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Disney? Oh my God. I lost my mind. And then you would not believe, and this is from the Disney movie that was playing, not, not the Emma Watson movie, but you wouldn't believe what they played after, which really like, in my opinion, kind of killed the moment a little bit. What would they play? They played the fucking um, the Beast song from the uh, oh hell no the live action movie, and I was like, oh, like <laughs> like it really soured it, especially when you think of the fact yeah. that that little song is only like a minute that she sings, uh, and then it goes and oh my goodness, it was just so weird, so bizarre. Uh, but yeah, no, she wants more than this and what's on the Paradise Island. okay but you know yeah so she's having a little lament moment i love it i just love it and mainly because it just shows like because this book really isn't diana's book if i'm being quite honest like we don't learn a lot about diana that's the only problem i would say with the book but other than that it's a a but you know she laments about wanting to be you know have her whole moment diana lamenting to herself style in the convenience store playing <laughs> want an adventure no, in that great white somewhere okay. <laughs> honestly i'd pay good money for a disney princess fucking wonder woman movie i i, I would go see it i, w- I would totally see i it. would like to see someone not even disney i want to see someone on youtube uh recreate the bonjour song but it's wonder woman and the mascara Oh, you mean the bell song? Yeah, when she's um when she's going through the village, yeah, and and, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's Bell. Look at her. She can fucking read. What a loser! <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking weirdo!" I would love to see she it. She can read. I would love to see it. I think that would oh, be funny. Oh, fu- fuck Wonder Woman. She, fuck Diana. She's made of clay. Everybody. Oh gosh. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> gosh. Okay, so you know she's lamenting, and then. One of the gods speaks to her and says that she will have purpose. And she then is like, you know what? Fuck what my mom said. I'm going to compete in that goddamn competition. She's like, fuck it. Went all brave style. Exactly. And so the competition ensues. Um, All of the people who are in the competition, all the women, uh, Amazons, they're wearing helmets. The helmets masks their face. Uh, Wonder Woman, well, Diana, not Wonder Woman yet. Diana is in the competition and she basically decimates everybody. She's winning. like task after task she's winning this woman is wonderful yes ultimately she then um one wins and she takes off her helmet and it's revealed that it was her hippolyta is devastated but she already told the gods that yes we're going to send a champion and it's within the god's will for us to do it so you have so we got to do it so the last task in order to see if she's going to be the one to win, to leave, to be the champion, is she has to go against the Flashing Thunder. The Flashing Thunder is revealed to have been a handgun. And it's talked about that the handgun happened many years ago. Uh, and it's insinuated that something happened on the island. I'm assuming someone came onto the island. And this gun was left behind. So... They then pull out the gun. Diana has her, like, you know, her Wonder Woman bracelets on. And she has to basically, like, ricochet the bullets off the bracelets. 
I'm just imagining what if she didn't rec- ricochet him? What what if it didn't happen and Diana just died? I just I just like the name that they gave a gun. Flashing Thunder. Flashing Thunder. I, it sounds like a car. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does sound like that. It sounds like a, or it sounds like a Grease uh, Lightning. One of Batman's Rogues Gallery that you forgot about, but it's gonna get like an HBO Max show in like three years. Maxi Zeus. Yes, yes, it's very much like a Maxi Zeus. <laughs> no. Yes. You know his his show is gonna be called Flashing Thunder. Yeah, man, that'd be dope. They can make it like okay, a. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Oh, dude, what would that be like? What would that show It'd be like? Be like the Harley animated? Quinn show, but like live action. Like that. Yeah. Fuck, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so then Diana basically ricochets the bullets. And uh, a couple seconds ago, I was actually reading the last page again. So she wins, and they then give her the suit. The suit, they say, was commissioned. um, It was basically, yeah, they're basically talking about how the suit was uh, created um, based off of someone who had died in Nobili. And this is going to be the suit that, you know, bridges the gap between the Amazons and the outside world. And the next page is this big splash. It's Wonder Woman who's on top of a pedestal in front of the Amazons with her bracelets up. And there's this this monologue. Well, this narration that's going on. And we then talk about how Hippolyta's thoughts. And I just love the way it's described it's basically bringing up how she questioned how can one of us succeed where the gods couldn't. And at first she was smiling about the fact that her daughter was, you know, was successful. But then the narration says that she pulls her cloak around her and she shivers because she's terrified over the fact that she has to send her child out to the outside world where they haven't interacted with in years. Now that is the end of our story. And I gotta say, man, this was a ride. Oh yeah, no, this was an awesome and wild ride. Um, a great, a great read. Uh, one that I was really happy for us to do uh, for the beginning of Women's History Month. Um, but from there, Damon, let's head into our ranking system then, which I feel like is probably the easiest one that we have ever had on the show. Um, yeah, uh, both fifteen. Both 15. We, we thought that across the board, the story was really great. The impact is still being seen today. We still see a lot of its inspiration in all of Wonder Woman's work. Um, mm-hmm. The art, again, I still think Oof, this is the gorgeous. best. The best one that we've seen so far. Honestly. The best visual uh, comic that we have, we have taken so far, which we haven't read many yet in the series, in, our, in, our, in the show. But it was remarkable. I loved it. Before we end the show, though, I have one more question for you, Jay. Yeah, please. What were your thoughts on Steve Trevor not being a part of her origin story? Oh, I didn't even think of him. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah, fuck Steve Trevor. No, I mean, well, here's the thing, right? Something about Wonder Woman is the only time I've ever seen Steve Trevor for the main part has been Mm -hmm. uh, on occasion... Uh, and, and and other like things that aren't like heavy Wonder Woman, um, and every time when I've been able to see Wonder Woman, it may not have been Wonder Woman centric stories. They've been like Justice mm-hmm. League stories or whatever. Um, she has always had a very strong character outside of 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 Steve Trevor, 
um, that he was he was something new to me in the from the movies, to be honest with you. Um, really? Yeah, you know, I, I never really thought he, he had a whole lot of relevance. Now, again, even now from this comic, I, I could be completely mm-hmm. blind to that, you, you know. But um, I just don't feel as though he matters in the same kind of level as to uh, just everything that Wonder Woman as a character stands for. Now, if this okay. was supposed to be like how the Wonder Woman film was, then I can see how his character is important. Um, which In a lot of her origin, other origin stories, um, Steve Trevor plays a <clears throat> Steve Trevor plays a huge part in her origin story. A lot of the time, she, he's the reason that she has to um, go to man's world because he crash landed, and the Amazons are like, "Okay, we need someone to be able to take him back to man's world." And then secondarily, they're like, "Okay, we also need an ambassador because I think that this, even us coming up there is going to cause people to wonder who we are." See, but that that Whereas itself in, sounds so much more boring. Yeah. To be honest with you, I I love the difference from it because, like, I think one of the things that, uh, which is another cool thing, you know, I want to tell you about is that within this book, the choice was to make Steve Trevor a lot older than Diana and not have him be in a romantic relationship. Oh no, kidding. Yep, no romantic relationship. He actually marries Etta Candy. I don't know who that is, but I <laughs> like her name. <laughs> All right, but you know what, Soups? What did you guys think? Did Wonder Woman, number one from 1986, hold up? Be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Jay Hayward. You can also find me and Damon on Instagram at Damon1003 and at Jay the Movie Gal. You can also find, I'm going to add another plug this week around, Damon. I, I just want to throw it out there because I just want more Twitter followers. Um, you can also find my Twitter at Janie Hayward because I really just want more followers. That's the only reason why I bring it up this time. <laughs> you conceited bitch. Hey, conceited, but honest. <laughs> hey, we love that here on Super Saturdays. So, without further ado, see you next Saturday, Soups. Hey, Soups, do you enjoy the music here on the podcast? Then why don't you check out our buddy Jake Voigt at jakevoigtmusic.com.